Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. How are we guys? We good? Oh, what a buzz that is. The Holy Spirit buzz this morning for our last week in Acts. That is so exciting. I have a, I have a background in corporate HR. I, um, I'm not no longer working in that, but a couple of years ago I um, hired and onboarded a, a lady who was a software manager. She still is. Um, and part of the onboarding process for someone high up in the company, I would um, just work with them regularly and get to know them, get to find out what makes them tick so that they're hopefully their personal values matched up with the corporate values and the culture that they were driving in leadership. And this lady that I was getting to know, um, I asked her one day, a couple of weeks into the job, I said, what do you do for fun? What do you do in your spare time? And she says, I, I dabble in venture capital. Now, for those people that don't know what venture capital is, someone will, if you're a venture capitalist, someone will come to you with a business plan or an idea and then they will ask you to give your money to then get the company or get this business off the ground. So it's funding for a business. And she, so I said to her, well, that sounds pretty intense. It does, you don't do that three times a week. Surely that's just something that uh, you do every now and again. And she said, no, no, I, I, I give a fair bit of time to it. And I said, well, how many business plans would you review before you give of your money? And she said, I work to about one uh, successful business plan to every 500 ideas I hear. 500 ideas, that's 500 people with one business plan each. Do the maths, high school students, I know you're on break. What's that? That's 500 business plans coming right at you and she chooses one out of that. Now, surely some of those business plans would be good, viable, something that consumers would like. But she, so I said, why one in 500? And she said, because when I hear that one business plan, I know that it's good and I want to be all in. If I'm giving a heap of money and a heap of time and my wisdom and my expertise and my advice as I talk to the business owners and my 100,000, 250,000, whatever it might be, dollars that we're putting into it, I want to know that I'm all in, that I'm fully invested, that I believe in the model, I believe in the cause and I want to back it to the end. And so as we go through Acts and we're wrapping up Acts today, what we find in the book of Acts is that the the model that the apostles and the disciples and, and anyone else that was building the church in that time, the model that they used to build God's kingdom, to, to build churches, to push the gospel into different parts of the world was that they would just go in to towns and they'd try and find people that would respond to the gospel. And so they would go into places like Lystra in Acts 14 and they might get stoned. 
Get rocks thrown at them. Like, all right, no one's going to listen here. We're going to go and find a one in 500 opportunity elsewhere. And so they would go in and out of towns and they might come into one town and then present the gospel and, and find that people give their life to Christ and then they might come back and then go to another town. But then after that, they'll come back into that town to build up disciples and to appoint elders and to, and to build the church and to make sure that it was all good. They wanted to be fully invested in what they were doing in what they were giving or into those communities. And so they were always looking for that opportunity. My first point this morning is that there is opportunity anywhere, so look everywhere. There's opportunity anywhere, so look everywhere. Now I'm not necessarily talking about speaking the gospel into people. I'm not necessarily talking about um, building disciples what I, what I am talking about right now is that there are many different ways that we can build the kingdom, kingdom, that we can advance the kingdom. It's all to do with finding these little opportunities, these little chances. Am I going to invest in that person? Am I going to go into that workplace and give of my faith into that area? Is it, is it worth it? Are we going to see some fruit? Or do I need to go elsewhere where there's going to be all, more fruit? And so God will lead us into places And it may not be as fruitful as we think or we hope, so then we need to pivot our presence somewhere else. And so we we like to think that all the earth will shout his praise and we we scream that out from the depths of our lungs, from the depths of our spirit this morning, and that's a fantastic way to, to think about the world, to think about heaven on earth, but sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. Sometimes people just won't take up the gospel and that's fine. We move out and we move our focus somewhere else. We invest elsewhere. 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Be just as he called you, uh, sorry, just, but just as he called you is holy. You can read it. I can't ever read it. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. We're all sinners. We need to sort out our sin because sin holds us back from seeing these little opportunities that God puts in front of us to advance the kingdom. Sin blinds us to seeing where God is at work. Sin blinds us to seeing the spirit of God on people, ready to receive that seed of the gospel, ready to to hear that encouragement, ready to hear the gospel, ready to be brought into church. If we can get rid of a sin on our life, perpetual sin, I'm not talking about becoming perfect because we'll never be perfect, but if we're continually wrestling wrestling with sin and pulling it off ourselves, we, we stand a better chance to see these opportunities anywhere. God's people are everywhere and we see opportunities everywhere we go. So I'm not talking about necessarily speaking the gospel. I'm talking about just having that word of encouragement for that frazzled mum that's behind you in the checkout. I'm talking about um, that, that word of knowledge or just that friendly greeting to your work colleague in the lunchroom, one that you wouldn't always talk to. But seeing that moment, seeing that God could use that moment, that thought, that word that, you, that he gives you 
His breath is in our lungs. And so when we, when we use that to bless other people and to advance the kingdom, we see God moving in any kind of situation. My second point this morning, make and mark your territory. Make and mark your territory. The book of Acts, we've seen as we've followed the studies as we've read before in our daily devotions. And, and if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you might have read Acts a hundred times, but there's always some fresh revelation that just pops out from the page. It's amazing. And the Holy Spirit will continue to work on your heart and to provide revelation as you delve right into the Scriptures. And what we find in the book of Acts is that it's, it's not so much a geographical map about where the gospel went. That's all very important. That's one of the key themes in Acts. But Acts as a book provides this blueprint of showing us how to increase the territory of the kingdom of God on earth. It shows us how we can go into a place and then we can, we can be fruitful in there and then we can come out of there and build up disciples elsewhere as well and just increase the size of the territory. You know, when, when every civilization has had to have a plan as regards to war or military or army or whatever you want to call it. So there is always a threat on territory. Wars are often made wars are often fought because of territory. Russia or in Ukraine because of territory. World War One and Two about territory. And so when an army moves into a territory, one of the things they do to mark their presence is to put their flag up, put their own flag. So we can move into a new territory. It's the enemy's territory. We've won it. We've conquered it. We're going to put a flag here. We've increased our territory. The borders have been pushed. And so The book of Acts is all about marking territory, moving forward and then planting the gospel, planting the church, building believers, appointing elders, raising disciples. Once you make territory, you mark it. And so what we see in Acts is Jesus changing lives through the Spirit of God and pushing the gospel forward to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses in Judea and uh, in Jerusalem, and then push it out into Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This thing is a juggernaut. It is going to the ends of the earth. All the earth will shout his praise if the church, Christians, push the gospel forward and change lives in the name of Jesus. Amen, yes. Um, a, a couple of mates of mine, were helping a lady move house a little while ago and this lady is a member of our church and um, we, we'd finished the job, we'd moved all the big furniture. She left all the big furniture for us. How rude is that? We are hoping to carry a few boxes um, but we go in and, oh, there's a big lounge. All right, we'll take it. A table we need to take apart? Fine, we'll take it. And so we, we finished the job and we're in her lounge room uh, sitting on boxes and hammers and whatever else we can find to sit on and she says... Um, can you guys pray for my new apartment? I went, yeah, that's fine. So we prayed, eight of us, um, we just prayed. And, and she wanted us 
to pray that the Spirit of God would mark her new apartment, that people would come in. It would be like walking uh, into, into a room and just being hit with the presence of God as soon as walked into her apartment. She wanted signs and wonders and she wanted healings and she wanted testimony and salvations. And, and that was just a really powerful prayer. Her new apartment wasn't even set up yet. The fridge wasn't even turned on yet. The aircon wasn't even on yet. It smelt like sweaty dudes in there. But we all prayed and we marked that territory in the name of Jesus so that people would come in, people would be saved, people would get a touch of heaven by just being in the presence of that lady's apartment. Acts 14, 21, 23 says, They preached the gospel in that city, Derby, and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. They said that because in Lystra they got stoned. Rocks got thrown at them, not stoned. Rocks got thrown at them. And then they went back into Lystra. Who would do that? Only people who were influenced by the Holy Spirit. We must go through many hardships, like going back into a town that you got rocks thrown at you. To enter the kingdom of God, they said, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. They go in, they come out, they come back in to appoint elders in the church and to strengthen believers. Are you using your position and your presence for God's purpose? Do you walk into your workplace and think, I'm going to take this territory? I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to be a point where people can access the kingdom of heaven because they see the Spirit of God flowing out of me, breath in my lungs, coming out, speaking words into my family, into my workplace, into the car park that you pick your kids up at from school, wherever it might be. There's purpose in your positioning. And so the devil will try and move you out of that positioning or shrink your circle of influence. But sometimes marking our territory is just pushing our circle of influence out a bit more. It's stretching a relationship that you have with your next door neighbour, telling them you went to church this morning. You haven't done that before? Do it. And just see how that conversation goes. It's fantastic. Often, often wondered what life would be like when I became a pastor and I'd say, I'd answer the question, what do you do for a living? I dreaded having to say that question, I answer that question. But then as soon as I became a pastor, I now love it. I absolutely love it because I often thought that if I answer that question, I would feel awkward. But I'm, I, I love what I do and I, I love being a part of this church and serving here. And so when people ask me what I do, I'm so confident in when I'm telling them that I'm a pastor that then they're the ones that become awkward and embarrassed because they don't pick it on me. And so I just love stretching that tension in the new relationship and seeing where that goes and just increasing my sphere. They meet another Christian that day when they ask me what I do for a living. I love it, absolutely love it. And so are you using your positioning and your presence for God's purpose? And ask this question of yourself. Are people better off by just having one interaction with you? That's what Acts is all about. The people in Lystra who threw rocks at Paul and Barnabas 
are they better off because they saw these guys come back still wounded, still bloodied, and wondering why they would come back to a place where they almost died? Why would you do that? It's because the presence of God is on them and they wanted to push the gospel onto the people of that town. And so that one encounter that those guys had throwing rocks at these apostles, they see them come back and that's the one encounter that they may have had with with Christians. How powerful is that? Yeah, that's why they went back into that area. Acts 17, 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He lives in our hearts. Secret. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. We live and move and have our being in him. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. There is purpose in your positioning. My third point, leave an impact. Look to leave an impact wherever you go. I, um, who's been following the, the World Cup soccer, soccer World Cup, football World Cup, if you're a proper follower? Anyway, um, pray for our friend Alex Fitton who is dealing with uh, a hard loss for the English this morning against the French. Oh, you lost to the French. Anyway, um, anyway, the, the arch enemies. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a story that came out of that. There's so many negative stories about this World Cup, if you let me indulge in, in it for a moment. So eight years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, Qatar won the World Cup for 2022 and it, it stunk a bit of corruption, yeah? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know who wrote that business plan but they got it over the line and they won it um, and and it just, it just didn't make sense. And then there's been... A lot of different controversies about uh, human rights abuses and, um, you know, uh, money laundering and corruption and um, and then a, a lot of players have been protesting against the human rights abuses and whatever else. And so this is all happening in the years leading up to the World Cup. And um, I read a statistic the other day that there was – so they got all these migrant workers to come to Qatar to build the stadiums and the hotels and the infrastructure and all of that. And there was a statistic that one in uh, – a person – a worker died every 42 days. Oh, oh, it's controversy. And so this World Cup started – with controversy, and then there's this story about the Japanese football team's fans who rode this wave of excitement and see the Japanese team go through further than they thought they would, and then uh, soccer fans all over the world had this reputation for being hooligans, yeah? Um, And so these Japanese fans uh, just had this notoriety, but good notoriety, because they would clean up rubbish around the stadium after the game. Who does that? Like... That's cool. Like, and, and it's, not, it's not a Christian thing. It's just a good thing to do. But they understood that, that if they were there in a, in a World Cup that was so corrupt, 
They wanted to leave a, a good positive impact. And so this is actually a cultural value that the Japanese have. And I just, I love that that was redeemed. I love that, that a bunch of people, even after their team lost, just <laughs> ushered in the, uh, the host and said, can we have some garbage bags, please? We need to pick up um, all these food wrappers. And that's, that's awesome. I think that's really awesome. And so um, the impact that they had on that just, just changed the narrative of, of humanity for, for the games. My mum was telling me a story uh, a few weeks ago. I, I lived in Brisbane when I was a, a really little kid for six years. It was two when I, I moved there and eight when I moved away. This is in the early 1990s. Guys, here's a bit of modern history for you. I went to preschool in 1992. Where were you? Not around. Not for another 10 years, 15 years. Anyway, 1992. And um, uh, we, we left this church in Brisbane to, to move interstate. And my mum went to Brisbane 28 years later. So in the last couple of weeks, she went on a holiday there and she just rocked up the church. And there was um, uh, my, my preschool teacher, Mrs. Mason, recognised her. She's like, Jill. And my mum was pretty chuffed because 28 years goes by and, and uh, you know, ladies, you're with me here. If, you, if you're recognised after 28 years, you're doing something right with your appearance, yeah? Am I, am I right? Like if she was, my mum was pretty chuffed. My mum was really chuffed that she hadn't aged 28 years. I'll give it to her. I don't know if she has aged 28 years in 28 years. I don't know. But anyway, um, she might be watching this online, so I'll, uh, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, so this, this lady, my, my preschool teacher who's now 127 years old, she comes up to my mum and she says, oh, good, you're back. Are you staying? As if to say, oh, you're back in Brisbane, you moved back. Like, no, I haven't lived here for almost three decades. And, and it was just, all, and my mum was a little bit embarrassed in saying that and she just, she was taken aback because this lady just thought that she would just come back and plant herself back in the church that she served in almost 30 years ago. And, and as she was telling me that, I thought, how cool is that, that someone had remembered her from almost 30 years ago and the impact of my mum on that lady's life was just raised up again in that moment and she just got excited that that connection was back in her life, only just for one Sunday morning. But the fact that my mum was able to leave an impact on that person just, just reminded me that at any given time, in any given moment, with any given person, you could be impacting their life for the better. So if you're interacting with anyone here this morning, this is why we do after community, this is why we stress it from the, from the platform that it is so important that the, the minutes, the time after a service is just as important as a service itself because this is, this is church. This is com, it's conversations with other believers. It's, it's conversations inviting um, future believers, non-believers, into our community and saying, hey, I want to I make sure that I can do what I can to impact your life because I believe in a Jesus Christ who's impacted my life and changed my life. And when we read through the book of Acts, that is exactly what the whole thing is all about, changing lives, impacting lives, whether they take up salvation or whether they don't, it doesn't matter. It's about impacting and changing lives. Romans 15 23 to 29 says, but now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I've been longing for many years to visit you, this is Paul speaking, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. He's going to Spain. 
Lovely. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. And skipping down to verse 28, I will go to Spain and visit you anyway. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Jesus Christ. Paul's writing to the Romans and he's saying, I'm coming. I'm being intentional with my ministry. I'm going to take territory. I'm going to push past Rome. I want to go to Spain. This is my ends of the earth. This is me taking the Great Commission. And Acts 28.30, the last chapter in Acts, finishes like this says, for two whole years, Paul stayed in Rome, rented a house and welcomed all who came in to see him boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered why Paul, have you ever wondered why Acts finishes there? Where he doesn't make it to Spain, but he finishes in, in Rome. I was thinking about that this week. If he'd got to Spain, he would, have, he would have reached the ends of the earth as far as he would have known. And it may be that that would be the end of the story, that we'd read that as, oh, Paul did a great job, he pushed the gospel, we've, we've achieved it, we've finished the game, put the book back on the shelf, we don't need to read Acts anymore. But there's this little bit of the plan that's left. And they're not writing about Australia, they're not writing about Tamworth 2,000 years ago because they didn't know that it was on the map. Here we are in Tamworth 2,000 years later. And where does the story of Acts finish? It finishes here. It finishes there. It finishes everywhere, anywhere. Anywhere that there's people, that's where the book of Acts finishes. And it's like there's left on a cliffhanger. If it was a movie, there'd be a sequel. And so we, we see that we see that there is this opportunity to continue on the Acts of the Apostles through us. And so you might be thinking this morning and asking God, how can you use me? And young people here this morning, you've got your whole life in front of you. And you might be asking God, what do you want me to do with my life? What's your plan, God? We talk about God having plans for us and, and, uh, and marking them out. And that's all well and good because we can have a linear plan. But what if when we're asking, what are you, what, how can you use me, God? What if God's answer is just, in as many ways as I can. What if that's the answer? What if God just wants to use us in whatever way, wherever, with whoever? And it's not just one plan. It's not just one grandiose plan to go and plant a church in Mozambique and stay there for 50 years and be a missionary. That's all fantastic. But it's inviting people into your homes. It's having these conversations. It's leaving an impact. So the prayer team will be up here at the, at the end of the service. And, and, and if, if you're asking that question, God, what do you want from me? We can, we can pray into that. That's totally fine. But there is opportunity to just do whatever the Spirit of God is telling you. Discern the will of God in your life and it will be great. Take territory, mark it with the seal of God, and we will continue on that narrative of spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. 
there is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.